Oh, man. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of A Black Hands Podcast. Uh, in this episode, y'all are going to get to peek inside of just us being how we used to be when we started this thing, just as fans of each other and friends of each other, uh, where we would just check in and like, yo, Chris, what you working on? Ray, what you working on? What's happening in the education space that you need support in? All that stuff, man. And we would just go through topics. So for me, uh, I miss being a fan of my brothers. I don't always get to talk to them throughout the week, and I feel a little disconnected at times, so I want to know what they, they, they got rocking. But you as a listener, I hope you get to feel like you get to take part and listen to like a, an intimate conversation amongst four friends that have been in this work a while. So I personally, uh, in meetings and in my professional life, I hate check-ins. I'm the dude, when they ask for icebreakers, I be like, I don't want to do that shit. But uh, so if folks need to check in, you do what you got to do. Uh, but what I'm really just interested in, man, is just what are y'all working on? And and, and just, um, yeah, man, and, and just what's what's happening in your world on the education front, whether it's some news that's happening, whether it's something that's developing, whether it's Chris slapboxing with everybody on Twitter, whatever it is, <laughs> let us know. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm going to just start with Sharif. Uh, who I did get to see a little bit this week uh, on the road. But uh, Sharif, man, just what's going on with you? Go where you, you know what I'm saying? Like, how you been, man? Good, man. Good, good, good. It's been, uh, it seems like everybody's having their conferences again. You know, folks are feeling empowered to be in person. And uh, so, yeah, so a little bit of travel past couple weeks, you know. Um, good seeing you in New Orleans, uh, you and Castillo. Uh, presenting and uh, yeah, I mean, so much going on, man. We got a the, the Philadelphia announced who's uh, replacing Dr. Height, or at least the three finalists to uh, to follow Dr. Height after you know it'll be a decade. The superintendent was just like over three times the uh, the usual uh, tenure for a large city superintendent. So uh, that's that's one. Nobody from Philly, no black women. Um, We'll, we'll see. We'll see what, you know, so they're going to meet the community this coming week. And, um, you know, I'm bummed I can't be there, but I'm going to watch it online. So You sound very enthused about this person, bro. What, what should what should we yeah. and the people listening know about uh, the process in Philly, man? I mean, they said it was 400 applicants. I mean, I think some, you know, I, I would love to see that list, like 400 of who, like where they're from, that kind of thing. Um, they did like these surveys to hear from the community what they would like to see in the in the superintendent um, that's uh, following Dr. Height, and I would love to see that. Like, what what did the community say? Um, because I can't imagine they said we don't want anybody from Philly, we don't want any black women. Um, you know, I'd be really shocked <laughs> to see that as a pattern or or a theme. Uh, so they, they did this. So they have some data. They have they collected feedback from folks. Um, and so we'll we'll see. You know, so they're they're going to have three kind of town halls individually, you know, um, three consecutive nights, I believe, uh, for community members to come in and and, um, and meet these these three uh, finalists. Oh, it's the finalists. Gotcha. I was yeah, about to say. OK, no, Chicago, Baltimore. Uh, some area in North Carolina I had not heard heard about, um, and I forget what their third one is. Um, but we'll see. That's what's up, man. Um, I want to hear more about that at some point, bro. Like, 
Uh, Chris, you look well rested, man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You look skin glowing. Look like look like you seen somebody's son. You're not as pale as you know what I'm saying. I guess. what's 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 going on with the black man? Man, it, uh, if I look uh, rested, it's a lie. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna tell you right now. It's a real lie. I've been out for a week, man. I was uh, in Disney, and uh, apparently there is no pandemic in uh, in Florida. You didn't know. Uh, <laughs> apparently there's not one there never has been one uh, uh in florida and at disney definitely not uh there there were rides in disney where they they cattle call you in i don't know how many people here have been to disney world and if you've been to the haunted mansion for instance but they crowd you in at the first part of the ride into this one room of this old mansion type thing and they pack you in so tight and they yell at you like, if there's any room on the floor between you and the next person, that's room to fill up, right? That's how close you are to people. And they push you in real tight. Uh, uh, and the whole time I was thinking, damn, if I come out of here without COVID, it's going to be a miracle. Uh, and I'm kind of hypochondriac about that sort of thing anyway. So uh, it was restful being on an actual vacation, being away from home. Uh, and and uh, not having to think about all this stuff that we think about all the time, man. This gets toxic after a while. The battling, the you know, it's like being a battle rapper or something. I don't know, like like you know, <laughs> having to like constantly be in the in the in that part of the world, and then you go to like Monaco or something, and you're just away from everything, and and you someone takes your phone from you, uh, and that's what I had for the last week. But it was good in this one way because you asking about our work. Man, about two or three weeks ago, anyways, maybe a month or so ago, I was having a crisis of conscience about all this work that we do, like about nonprofit work in general. What does it mean to have people invest in you? We have people at times who are, are really putting a lot of trust in us, giving us a check and um, and we're giving them a plan and we're negotiating. And that plan is really to help people in the world, to make somebody's life better somewhere. And oftentimes you might have imposter syndrome about whether or not that's really happening. Uh, so maybe about a month or so ago, I woke up and I was just thinking, we got to be a much better nonprofit. I'm talking about me specifically, my own nonprofit that that I lead. We got to be excellent. We got to be really good at this work. And it's because the money that people invest in us is meant for somebody else's life to become better. And I just don't think we think of that way a lot of times. There's a way to fall into kind of like a non-profity kind of slacksadaisical kind of like, like Charles, you talk a lot about like, like the grind and the hustle and like doing a lot with the little and whatnot, but that's not everybody's mentality in nonprofit, right? Oftentimes people nonprofit, they, they lose that hustle, that kind of sense of commitment, that sense of mission. Like this ain't about, you know, like, See, I'm gonna say bad things, man. But 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 <laughs> on one extreme, you have. Hey man, it's so just it's just the four of us talking. Hey, ain't no okay. guest here. It's the four of us talking. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate this openness, then, because on one end you have hustle culture, and on the other end you have kind of like nonprofit slack culture, and 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 the over narcissism. It's like slackadaisical kind of like oh, narcissism right, right, right. of self-care yeah, yeah. culture, like mm -hmm. over like like we should have three day work weeks. You know, we should the whole world is like, you know, workers, this that, and, and, and at the end of the day, you're like, you know what? Every dollar that we get that pays your salary is not for you. It's actually for the recipient on the other end. If you work for a cancer society, you're getting investments because they want you to do something about cancer. 
Mm. Not because they want you to like have this laid back attitude about the work that you do, right? So anyways, I had a lot of time to think over this last week, even what that means and how we should be more ex excellent as nonprofits and this work that we're doing. And maybe Raymond, I've been watching Raymond's feed a lot. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of the battles that we're fighting are just tired and old and we should leave them alone and move on to some different battles. Right. Because like you could struggle with people. There's this Zen. I was saying this to a friend yesterday. There's this Zen philosophy around if you're in a tug of war with somebody and you let go of the rope, they fall on their ass. Like it takes two people to struggle. So I started thinking metaphorically as a mental model, what ropes can I let go of and let the other side have? Mm. Just just take it like it's not even worth it. Right. Like like if let's say the other side won everything. And then they had to fly and, and, and had to kind of defend what they want. Uh, anyways, this is where my mind's going right now. This is where I'm starting to think. I'm starting to think bigger about the work. Okay. Uh, than I, I love these deep philosophical questions, Chris. I love it. <laughs> well, hey, look, and, I, and you did my job for me the way you 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 laid right right to Ray. So Ray, one, I want to know what you was posting, what was was popping in them streets, because I've been staying away from Edu Twitter. For a minute, I, I've been tweeting about the Batman because that was dope. Uh, shoes that I like. Uh, We're gonna come back to the Batman. We're gonna come back to the your Batman. Was oh, yeah. Batman. Let's come back. Raven tweeting about uh, we gonna come back uglies. to uglies. Let me get a young lad, the, the young legend Raven, the scream, man. T tell me what's good with you. Was you know, work, whatever's on your mind, bro. Wherever you need to go, yeah, that man, 49 yeah. like the rest oh. of them. <laughs> Bro, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty zen, man. I, I, I've taken the the approach of like, you know, there's certain things that I can control in life, and that's my own actions, and I can't control anybody else's actions. Um, and so when I look at folks on Twitter and they tweet the stuff they tweet, I highlight it and then I move on, right? Because like, if it's racist, it's racist, and you have to call that out. That's your duty to do that. Um, other than that, man, like I'm listen you know uh, i think reef may I'm, I'm paraphrasing reef right now i don't argue with people i teach and so that's <laughs> my, <laughs> that's my approach on twitter and um i've been i just been trying to find joy in life man i've been trying to find joy in every single thing that i do uh supporting y'all uh getting joy out of the work that you guys are doing uh supporting y'all's nonprofits and putting that on the on the platform thinking critically about my nonprofit. Once I finish my dissertation, which I'm, I'm, I'm making good progress on, um, you know, just thinking about that, uh, and just thinking about, you know, as Chris said, what, what do we owe people, you know, from from doing this work? Because like nonprofit work is tough, right? And so like if you're in organizations and you're not feeling like it's tough, you're not feeling that grind, you're not feeling that pressure of helping other people, then you're not really doing the work, right? And so you know that's that's pretty much my energy. And uh, fanboying uh, y'all from from afar, I see everything that you guys are doing. I try to highlight it or whatever, uh, and I'm just amazed by y'all, man. So that's where I'm at. Let me let me ask you a question before I go into mine, because you know we've been doing this work, and I think again we came into this as fans of each other, and we've we've done damn near 155 episodes at this point. We we kind of yeah. in this game now. So Ray, <laughs> I'll just start with you. How do you feel like your work has grown evolved or major wins like since we started like like yeah. you know from where you started at to where we are now and then if, yeah. if any of y'all want to jump in after ray feel free but i'm just curious because i've been reflecting on that myself 
Yeah. So, man, I, you know, I came in the game out, out in Riverhead. Uh, it was a K to six school at the time that I got it in uh, 2011, 2012. You know, again, uh, proficiency rates for uh, third graders were at like nine percent math, 11 percent ELA. You know, we're at like 70 plus percent in both math and ELA. So, you know, the work is getting done. Um, lots of uh, obstruction in terms of like us expanding our school. So now we're K to coming up to be 11. Uh, eventually it'll be K to 12. And just uh, the opposition in terms of like us getting space in our area, because like with charter schools, if you don't get the space in your zone district, then you got to go outside of the district. And there's mm-hmm. all kinds of hoops that you got to jump through with the Board of Regents and all these other things. But things are starting to land in the right spots for us. Uh, we got a home for our 11th graders, our 10th and 11th graders next year. And we're looking to make another move in order to kind of centralize that piece uh, for our high schoolers to have a home. And so, you know, just dealing with that, you know, often talking with parents about, you know, we may not be a a, a, a D1, uh, uh, set you up for D1 in athletics, but we're definitely going to set you up for D1 in academics, right? And so, you know, just... Looking at it from that perspective and, you know, just just being happy about doing the work. Um, also, you know, I, I, I mentor, uh, I have a group of mentees at NYU and watching them grow from the beginning of the year to like the middle of the year in terms of like how they're progressing as teachers. Uh, it's sort of amazing, man. And like it, it, it just, you know, my teachers grow, all teachers grow. But I'm not hearing them talk about this mass exodus. I'm not talking about I'm not hearing them talk about like leaving or any of these other things. I'm talking I'm I'm hearing them talk about finding the right space for them to where they can grow and nurture be nurtured and do the things that they need to do. And that's where, where I think about it. and I always plug the center because like we need to have a center in every state. Because now, you know, we're we're talking about bringing black and brown teachers into the fold. But we also need to dissect what makes them leave and what makes them stay. And then we need to put money behind what's making them stay in the game. And yeah, man, that's my energy. Hey, man, uh, I want the fellas to jump in. But Ray, I thoroughly expect an article from you on your sub stack called D1 and Academics, bro. I, I no. really, I, <laughs> I feel like if, if you want to print for it, bro, like you want that hoodie, bro, I think. Because I think, what is what is it all about, man? Like, what is it that we're supposed to be doing and we're supposed to be educating young people? And if if you lead in a system and you can't talk that same ish that Ray just talked, I mean, what you doing? What, what's happening? You know what I'm saying? So before I jump in, man, Chris or, 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 or Reeve, any, just, just any reflections from how you've grown, how your work has grown, your mission, anything or evolved since we started this, this podcast? Yeah, I mean, before I jump in, I, w- I want to, um, you know, a lot of people don't understand, like, how hard a turnaround school is. Um, you know, most most places don't, most districts, most CMOs, charters, they don't want to touch uh, turnarounds. <laughs> you know, they, they'd rather, you know, start with uh, something boutique and grow it, um, just kind of start over. Uh, you know, so for Ray and his team to have, you know, those same students and come in with uh, with their team and turn it around, like just I just got, uh, you know, just a special place in my heart for for uh, educators who dive into the, you know, the turnaround work. You know, like, you know, my man Amir Suleiman says, sometimes you got to take off the iron vest and run into the thick of the mess. And that's what that's what those turnaround teams do, man. So just want to uh, 
you know, shout that out. You know, look, when we started, I was I was still a principal, man. Like, uh, wow. And I, you know, man, I'm I'm wow. I miss shoemaker shoe crew. Like, I, I just will always like, man. You know, just being in in any place for eleven years. You know, particularly, you know, we were, you know, like like Ray has that like, uh, you get to see kids from K twelve, which is a beautiful thing. Like, so, you know, I would get to see students generally from you know we're a seven and twelve building, but we would start engaging students at sixth grade and families, and you know, being in a community school, man, where you got, you know, uh, not only did I have grandkids, so students who I taught as a teacher. Or, um, you know, they had their kids. They're like, yeah, you had me as a teacher. Now I want you to be the principal of my child. Or uh, people I went to Overbrook with and their children uh, where they put them there. Or, you know, just having that community feel, man, it's just, I mean, there's nothing like it in the world. Uh, and so, you know, I miss that tremendously and I love what I'm doing. So, you know, 2019 left to, to start the center with uh, some just really dope uh, colleagues and, uh, you know, we're we're at the point now we're like doing more research, R and D research and development, and seeing like, okay, what uh, what else uh, can we know? What can we unearth? Uh, next week, matter of fact, on the twenty third, we'll have a uh, uh, we did a joint study with Donors Choose. You know, for those who don't know, recognize Donors Choose, they basically raise money to give it out. You know, so teachers who need classroom supplies or or funds for projects. They'll put it on the Donors Choose website, and and um, people around the country, around the world, will will fund that that project. So anyway, they have a bank of educators over the years that they've you know um, been engaging with, and so we partnered with them to do a study. Um, and but what was really interesting is about sixteen hundred male educators of color responded, mm. and we were able to like really tease out. And so next week we'll have like a, a webinar um, just to really dive into black educators. Black, black males, black men who are um, in classrooms and what they're saying about exactly what Ray talked about, why they why they joined, why they stayed, what you know, what they're what they're experiencing um, and all of that. Uh, yeah, we got we're getting ready for Freedom Schools again, Freedom School Literacy Academy. Last year we had ninety nine teacher black teacher apprentices from 14 states. Um, including in person in Philly, we'll be in Detroit this summer and Camden, and so looking forward to continuing that. Uh, shout out to Citizen Ed, you know uh, Terrell and the crew, Josh and Kiasha and and Josh and and uh, Ikhlas and the, and the team. Man, they did a one year anniversary. Like it, it flew by so yeah, fast, man. Sure and, they, and they don't take off. Like they, I think they have fifty uh, episodes, man, in a year. So they they're just like. Only took off a, a couple of weeks, but that was really, really dope just to see that. And, you know, time flies when you like, you know, when you're grinding, you're putting in the, the work. And then lastly, I would just say, you know, we need black teachers is, is this campaign is continuing. That came from the youth. And I love like helping to amplify youth voices this is what they said. I thought they wanted, wanted to do something gimmicky or, you know, you know, some kind of dance episode like about we want teachers. They're like, no, nah, we want a simple, plain straightforward we need black teachers and and that's for uh, the voice of the youth and i just want to shout out uh three uh wogantes as well you know they did a tribute to uh, mama aisha and you know just got a lot of uh positive mm. uh vibes from that so you know just shout out to the to the network 
you know. Um, and Chris, you brought us all together, you know, and and I just appreciate. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm my bad. Ray brought us all together, but Chris, thanks for introducing us so that he could do that. I guess. Right. Listen, <laughs> Ray. Chris is absolutely the reason I know you, Ray. Brought me to Chicago. You was there. He was like, "Hey, that's the brother right there having issues with." He said you know, something about teachers. He need our support. He so, called me. It's like, hey, there's a brother. I want you to talk to him. Then he called. But you know, next week he called on the three way. But Ray brought us. To, Ray's energy brought us together. You know what I mean? Ray was thinking that he was like, oh, mm, mm. and then it just, it just happened. You know what I mean? It just happened. No, I appreciate y'all, man. One fifty something episodes. That's that's you know that's dope. And you know me, I I didn't think about any of that at the first. I'm like, why are we going on video? The oh, Sharif, I know. Are right. I know why you didn't going, think about any of it, Sharif. Going on, uh, <laughs> And uh, what was the other way? Spotify. Why are we doing that? Why can't we just talk on the three way? Yeah, I, mean, so, hey, I appreciate y'all having a vision for all of this. And before Chris and I go, I do want to just say, you know, if 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 the A Black Hands has touched you in some kind of way, helped you out, anything positive, give us a reason to go on Twitter. Tell those stories and tag us at ABH Chat. That's hashtag ABH Chat. So when it does get crazy on the internet, it does. It is kind of stupid or people saying dumb things or feel like we're supposed to stay their friend when they don't care about our livelihood, just on some education stuff. We can go there to kind of get through that BS because it's, it's, you know, people people wear a lot on that stuff, man. And uh, before you go, Chris, the other thing in regard to what Sharif was saying was uh, here. Let me get up here uh, in regard to what Sharif was saying for our listeners. We have not forgotten y'all. Y'all have pushed us. I think we have like. A quarter of a million downloads at this point, which is amazing. Uh, and, and Spotify has updated. So now if you are a Spotify listener that listens to us on audio, the video now plays as well. So you now get the audio and the video the next day. Um, and so that was really huge and a big update for them. Um, and Chris, um, you know, I wanted to make sure I open it up for you, man, because I know a lot has changed for you and evolved for you. Um, I'm just fanning out right now, man. Like, Think about from when we started this and those calls and those meetings, uh, you had a very different road than what you do now to where we are now. Just reflections for you, man. You know, it's funny uh, on my Facebook feed, it pops up memories and it popped up the night you and I had dinner in Oakland. The first oh, wow. time we met. Yeah. Me, you, Jamoke Hinton, and mm -hmm. then. Uh, several other, uh, Tracy's the only other one that I can remember, but you probably know everybody. It was like a whole bunch of Oakland cats at the table, right? Uh, Jamoke picked the restaurant. It was amazing. It was this Caribbean uh, uh, restaurant. You and I ended up walking out together and talking on the way. I don't know where I was going back to. I was walking aimlessly through Oakland and maybe you were trying to make sure I didn't get shot or something. <laughs> what it was, because I was just leaving and just walking. And you, brother, and so you, you go in I... the wrong direction. Brother, let's, let's go this way. And, and then, boom, a friendship just blossomed. Yeah, and you were telling me, like, uh, that very first night we met at dinner, you were telling me stuff like you were going to uh, write a book. Yeah, and uh, you told me uh, some topics that you were going to write on. You told me about energy converters and stuff. So you told me things the first night we met. That was eight years ago, by the way. Like so, that popped oh, wow. up like eight years ago when we first had had that first dinner. Wow. And you manifest all those things that you were talking about that night. Uh, which was what was interesting was my work at that time and my worldview was pretty narrow. Uh, I thought if I went hard as an advocate on just a handful of things. Like just a, like two or three things that that would be the best way to go like like water torture like not not water torture that's that's drip 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 but you know when you like when you can break bricks with water what do they call that mm. like water pressure or whatever or you know 
power you washing. Make- you can power wash. You can. I don't know. I think I get the reference. You but- get what I'm saying. Like, you, you, there's a way in which you can make uh, make water cut stone, right? Like, mm. if you just focus it strong enough into like a laser. So I was going hard on things like uh, charter schools and choice and accountability, uh, with a, a lot of focus on teacher accountability and 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 uh, the system is broken and broken, broken. It's you know, so whatever. And if you ask me now how it's changed over time, uh, because I had come out of social services, I, I reattached myself to the idea that there's a lot that makes a child successful in life. And it became important for me to talk about mothers and to talk about family economic security. So y'all saw me leave Ed Post and go and start the Wayfinder Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, thank you, Sharif. Sharif was on my board when I started Wayfinder Foundation. And that, that was really to give money directly to women who wanted to be activists and wanted to fight for their babies. And, um, and that experience changed my work. And it had to be about more than charters and accountability and choice. And uh, then when I came back and took over Ed Post, I've had like three, I think, kind of expansive periods where I just changed, um, expanding my vision. And the, the more recent one has been during the pandemic and all of this craziness that's going on with the right wing private school choice folks has really sh- shaken my orientation in the world. It's changed who I think are friends and who I think are enemies. It, it's changed on what I think the real fight is and what the big fight is. So if you'd ask me how things have expanded for me, it's no longer just about charters and choice and accountability and teachers got to do what they got to do and all that type of stuff. Now it's more about students and learning and what's the biggest possible coalition we can have to get justice for children. And by biggest coalition, I mean people we wouldn't normally think are, are our allies. We wouldn't normally work with together. But if they have any kind of idea about saving our democracy right now and fighting off white supremacy, uh, and not becoming part of the old ed reform that's becoming very white, very monoracial, monopartisan, um, digging down on white moms and all of that. Let them have that, that movement because they're going to lose. I'm thinking up the next movement, which involves everybody else, by collecting all the scapegoats. Because what that group of people is doing right now, they, they're having a movement that's like white people versus everybody. <laughs> like white parents versus everybody you know those shirts say detroit versus everybody right they're the, the ed reform movement in one wing of it has become white parents versus everybody else right well everybody else is a lot of people so we got to be thinking about like how you get a lot of people to to say okay well then you have that that movement and we're gonna do something different right and now teachers aren't my enemy unions aren't my enemy matter of fact they're probably one of my strongest kind of uh, allies in the way that i'm seeing the world right now change in that they've got foot soldiers and infrastructure and the ability to create a resistance to the crazy 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 kind of direction that some reform is going so we have to triangulate a new movement and that's 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 how i've changed Man, that's 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 powerful, man. I'm just proud of you, brothers, man. I would say, you know, I, I, the reason why I wanted to do the show this way because when I ended up running to Sharif in New Orleans, and Sharif came to my session, and I was like, oh snap! Like we've been doing this work together, but y'all haven't like really ever seen me like actually working, like doing my research or doing, you know, what I'm saying, like and, and kind of holding the room around data. And I think we, I feel like we had a packed room. Dr. Fuller was there. 
you know, Shavar was in the building. It was, it was, it was really cool to see that work evolve. And what you're saying, Chris, when we started here, I was still at the, I still was at the district. I was still in the superintendent's office. No, I was actually at TFA still. I think I was still at TFA with Tracy. You were. And then I left and kind of did my own thing, ended up with the superintendent in Oakland doing that work. And I started my own thing and everybody kept trying to push me into one into doing, uh, activist work and I'm like I've done I've been an activist I've been an organizer I want to do this I want this think tank I want to this is how I want to do it I want our voices to actually matter in a different way and like I like lost money from that I bet but I bet on myself and then we had a few good wins and now you know just in the space of like my nonprofit work and my 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 business work and it's just been you know what I'm saying? Really, really cool. And just standing on your square. And I also am somebody as somebody who has done activism work. I, I agree with you how you started, Chris. I think there's a lot of people that like to call themselves activists because in a lot of ways, there's not hard things that hold you accountable to if you've done something. It's always we need more time. We need this and we need that. And so I've had the, the honor to build out that like scientific part of my work, but co-found other things with people like Kimmy and Dirk, where it's like, hey, we're going to be this academic educational voice of the streets, of the people, of students, of parents. And then it's going to feed into these activist organizations like Families in Action or, um, you know, uh, the work that I do with Jamoke and those other folks. And it just feels good, man. And, and it felt good being at that thing with David Castillo. I, I was like, yo, I got the eight black hands. How do we build something that's different and so when i you know did the the show with david and omar it was the inverse right it was we wasn't a podcast first first we were a consultancy group that does a podcast so for that to come full circle and sharif and 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 and, and david to be in the same place and we leading through our work um i'm just proud see, see like listen listening to this a person could listen to this right now and they wouldn't know all of what you're talking about got right? you got you so 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 when i meet you at dinner that night eight years ago which was a very good meal. See, I I, I always remember <laughs> things when there was food involved. When there was food involved, I like remember it. It was like a very good meal. Um, so you were still at TFA, right? And yep. you had the and you were working on it, uh, uh, energy converters. And now energy converters is a full fledged nonprofit, mm-hmm. uh, uh, national nonprofit that does participatory research with young people where they live in the data that involves their own lives, mm-hmm. and they they produce a report. And they give that report to people who can do something about it. And it raises their voice. So that comes from an idea. You're at dinner and you're telling me about an idea. And here we are in 2022. And these reports have been produced in multiple cities. Young people themselves led through the process of working through their own data to figure out. So so, so like a person listening to you wouldn't know. The right. genesis and the conclusion, like the, the, the takeoff and the landing of these ideas. But uh, um, but it's important because it's, it's a contribution to the field that wasn't there before. And other people need to hear that and know that because after you, there's going to come somebody else who's got an idea. As a matter of fact, there's somebody listening right now, watching this right. show right now, who's got an idea in the back of their head. Right. And that idea needs to come out the back of their head. You can do it. You can make something go from being in your head to actually being a whole damn like like nonprofit or or whatever. Oh, and, 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 and in the time that I you, I remember standing outside of uh, in in Emeryville, outside of a, a thing, arguing about uh, ho- outside a hotel. Um, you were dropping me off, and we arguing about Rachel Dolezal and sure was. 
<laughs> and you telling me in that conversation, you know, I'm going to go get my PhD, right? So it's an idea in the universe, and now you're Dr. Cole, right? Look at your name right there, it's Dr. Cole or whatnot. So, so I've seen, you know, these things. People, if you were listening to this, you would not know the takeoff and the landing on some of these things. Out of that came your book that, that people yeah. can go on Amazon and buy right now that introduces people to the concept of the black tax, uh, you know, and it should be, I don't know if it should, it should be added any word in there, but like the black success tax. like The so black achievement trauma tax. There you go. The black achievement trauma tax, right? Yes. Um, um, so, and in that time, like, listen, the same amount of time I flew to Philly and met Sharif at this thing with all these sharp brothers who were all teachers living in the same building, all black, young black male teachers Absolutely. working on their craft together in one place. And I'm like, who's this brother with the Afro? What's happening? What's, uh, what's up with this? Right. And now he's got a whole ass uh, uh, organization that is chipping away at the uh, the the low 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 rate of number of black male teachers that are in the classroom two percent or whatever the national. He getting checks on the sixers floor. He's on the right. sixers getting, floor getting checks. He, he is, is the mayor else, bro. Of, of Philly. Right. You can't you can't talk about Philly without him coming up. You know what I'm saying? And but part of this though, not even to cut you off, is part of this. Is, no, go ahead, man. But but I mean, and I gotta give. All of y'all, right? Like I get to move in confidence in my work because if I if I need something that got something to do with administrators, then boom, I got Raymond Ankrum and I got David, right? Who have started schools, led schools, black kids, brown kids, a mix of both that got actual results. If I need something around black educators, I got Sharif, who is the preeminent, the preeminent like leader in this work across the country. I mean, even when we was in New Orleans, we saw we ran into my homie that's running an LA contingent of black. Uh, principles and things like that and like they get to talk if i need something around yo how do we get these voices activated right my friend has a whole platform that i can utilize and and the other thing was they tried to box me into like oh that's the youth voice guy youth voice it's like no i like doing end users so i just we just finished a a, a project in cleveland i can't share it publicly but i can show you all like but it's it's talking to those people what i'm saying is is that we're not just four dudes that got on here running our mouths we're not just four dudes that go on Twitter to try to sound smart. It's people that's in the actual trenches that and actually, whether it's breaking up fights or instead of like doing a post or a hashtag about supporting black women, actually started a full organization that was nothing but support for black women and their ideas. Or somebody that's instead of saying we need more black teachers, is actually doing something about it. And I just wanted to just have a reflection moment with y'all because... We put in work and I know we tired. I know we weary. Hell, we argue with each other for the benefit of you all. Right. For the benefit of like pushing our thinking and getting to a place. But not not one of us has stayed stagnant. And I don't think you can be in this group of friendship and this type of brotherhood and stay stagnant because somebody else in this group will push you forward. If them not the type of friends you got parents, if you still complain about the same things in education that you was when we started this podcast, then we have failed you. You know what I mean? Like, then we have failed you, right? Like, let's get some new problems. Let's solve those and make some new ones. So, you know, I want to make sure uh, uh, Ray and Reef can hop back in there, man. I, I just, I just need, I just, like I said, I just want that moment because I know there are times where y'all might not feel appreciated in your work. It's the grind. Nobody notices themselves growing. But listen, man, y'all are apple seeds, yo. Apple seeds don't have to try to grow apples. They just do. It's foundational to who they are. So is you a seed or is you somebody yelling at the ground talking about fruit? And I, I think I work with three other brothers that's that's out here bearing apples all across the country. Yeah. 
No, definitely. I, I know that you guys have definitely pushed me in terms of who I want to be as a leader, um, who I want to be as a systems leader. Uh, and I know uh, thinking back to, I guess, the podcast that we did at Indiana, the live show, mm-hmm. when, um, you know, we were talking about, hey, listen, man, you probably need to dig into that. You probably need to dig into your knowledge on school leadership because, you know, me, man, I just be messing around. Um, and so, you know, when, you know, there was that push about, hey, bro, you really know a lot about this. You probably should be consulting with folks about how to get their schools better and stuff. I took it to heart. And so now I'm taking it kind of serious in terms of uh, the the knowledge that I have that can, uh, that can help advance other black school leaders or other, other just other school leaders that are here just doing the work. Um, also, uh, Reef, pushing Reef, who is uh, the, the Ed Lock poster boy to get me in. Um, <laughs> that. Then my reference for Pahara is uh is uh is breezy, right? So like, yeah. So we out here, man. We working. We in these streets, man. So you know, when I when I I tag stuff and I'm like, yo, the hands is working. We really are working. Like we really like. It's kind of we used to talk about it uh, in the past about just like being black Voltron. Like we were all doing our individual things, but like once we come together, it's magic. It doesn't matter who's doing what or whatever. Our egos go to the side and like new edition on this podcast scene, baby. <laughs> it's not new edition. It's more like uh then we, we said Wu Tang in the beginning, right? Wu Tang. Okay. Wu Tang is for children. Um but but but, <laughs> <laughs> but but I just want to say like what is so important and special for me, and I won't take up a lot of space on this, is just to say having people that you could call when you think you're wrong about something or you don't know enough about something or whatnot. I've said this on the show a lot. If you're not a formally trained educator in a classroom, there's a way for people to minimize your voice at times. And I have felt it a lot like, well, you don't teach or you don't, you know, whatever. So to know that I know two educators on this show and to know that we've got three social workers on this show and to know that we've got three kind of, uh, um, uh, we, we got three uh, nonprofit leaders on this show who are trying to do a new thing, for instance. And we've got multiple people on this show pursuing, you know, advanced education and whatnot. It's, it's just cool to always be able to have people to be able to tap, like to say, am I tripping off of, off of this thing or whatever? Or like, you know, like, <laughs> let me just throw this by you for a moment. And you tell me, I don't think we talk enough about, number one, how, how black men need that, how men of color, period, need that, how men, period, need that, and just in general, uh, and how to be a good leader, you need that, right? Like, you need a kitchen cabinet of sorts that you trust, because people try and play, if you're not, so, so two of you run schools, for instance, right? There'd be a way to play us off and make me seem really stupid and ignorant, because uh, I don't run a school except for I know two brothers that, that have done the whole turnaround thing and understand schools, right? Who I can, I can check in with. I think we need more of that. I think more people need that. Uh, and we need to, to spread that, um, spread that around. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's hey, Reef, Reef, whose grandmother's glasses have you stolen? Man, these are my, my glasses, bro. These are my joints. Those are the I love same one. Joints. What are you talking about? I got a pair just like that. What are you talking about, <laughs> grandmother? What's wrong I know, with you? I love these joints. I got I got new glasses today. I just went to Lens Crafters. 
Oh, see, that's okay. What my now, why'd shopped. you go to? He went. Yeah, I went to my grandma's shop. You talking about grandma's glasses? You don't have Warby Parker hype, B. You don't have Warby Parker hype, B. Yo, change that headline. No capping. You you all about cap? Yo, I mean, but what y'all talking about is that collective work of responsibility, right, Ujima? And I think it's it's so important. And I think the other thing that, you know, listening to y'all talk reminds me that there's always a group of people that's like, somebody need to do something about that. Right. And there's another group of folks <laughs> who say, you know what, we're, as a collective, we're going to do something about that. You know, um, and again, it's, you know, so many, uh, I think, intersecting linkages over the past eight, nine years uh, between us. You know, one of the things that we were doing at the center was trying to elevate the history of black educators, Chris all, often talks about um, black education capital, right? Like, you know, that white folks didn't start education. You know, white folks didn't start, you know, uh, you know, literacy for black children, all those kind of things. And like really tapping into, you know what, our, our folks hear about white educational theorists, they hear about white behavior theorists, white child psychologists, but what about the white black, the black educators who are actually, you know, studying, giving feedback, learning in community with others. And um, this makes me think of like Frederick Douglass, you know, he had that newspaper, the North Star. And, you know, one time he was just asking the readership, you know, like, hey, send in your suggestions on what can be done to improve the lives of black people. You know, and this one sister, we wrote about her, uh, Marianne Shad Carey, you know, so this is part of the collaboration with the Citizen Ed, the Center and Philly Seventh Ward, you know, these black educator hall of famers. And so she was 25 at the time, right? And she reads the, this North, the North Star, um, sees Frederick Douglass's question um, about what to do to improve the life of Black people. We're still trying to answer that question, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in, in 2022. But the one thing that she said that I just, I loved it is we should do more and talk less. Mm-hmm. And this sister, you know, then ended up like, saying like, hey, I'm going to be, well, she was already educated, but she's like, that's where I'm going to lean in, push in even more. But that that struck me, you know, like that 25, she's like, hey, Frederick Douglass, you're a giant. You asked us the question. Here's what I think from my vantage point. And I think that's, those are, those are words to live by, man. Man, I, you know what though? I, I, I love what you said. And the funny thing is you got to see, uh, uh, me and David and all that good stuff. Our collective is the South Star Classroom, right? To honor, mm-hmm. to honor the North Star and just just Black and Brown collaborate collaboration and both. And we all have roots coming from the South, them from Mexico and up through the air to coming coming in and you know how the slave trade went. And so we want to come and part of the that. Underground Railroad, and the Underground Railroad, all that. Sometimes. So yeah. that's what. Anytime we produce that work, it's the South Star Classroom, and I'm looking forward to producing work with Ray. I'm looking forward to producing work with Sharif and, you know, Chris and I are are, are working on something. Like, I think that when we say that nobody's coming to save us, we save ourselves. I I, like, I hope that people don't feel like that's just a saying, right? I hope that folks are like actually seeing the work that goes into it. I like, you know what I'm saying? We have been out at hotels and all of us are just working and trying to get, get to where we got to go and going through those frustrations. And I'll just share this testimony because it's important because there's also a peripheral uh, of people, a periphery of people that are not necessarily in a black hands, but are just as much a part of it. So when I think about Dirk or Brian Stanley, who was really pivotal early on and coming on the show, Dr. Fuller showing us some love, Jamoke, um, 
You know, I got a lot of flack for not doing the traditional uh, organizing thing to where, you know, I had lost money. It was like a, a significant amount because I never raised that much in the beginning and to begin with. But then because of the good work and because of how we were pushing and things like that, those folks came back around and I was in a position where I could give all that money away. And we and we, that's how we started the literacy fund and, and the People's Literacy Fund in Oakland, which is now in India. And there are other places that I've been just in the last few weeks that want to duplicate that. Like for a dusty dude from, from Oakland where people will be like, well, you wasn't born here. You ain't from here. But for me to do that and do that with my sister Jamoke, who is actually compiling stories from those people now and like telling their story around what they did with that money, how they made sure literacy was being spread in days of COVID with rising Oakland prices, man, you can't tell me what God can't do. You got to start helping yourself and then you'll get met there. And, and for the people that's, that watch us every single week, it ain't about just the funny stuff we say. It ain't about the quippy little arguments that we have. It really is about these 8 million kids. And it really is about the partnerships we build and how we pull each other. I'm not, ain't none of us know better than anybody out there, but you got to be willing to work. You got to be willing to fail. You got to be willing to put stuff in the rear view and you got to be willing to keep going. And, 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 and I don't see us slowing down. I actually see things picking up exponentially, the better we get. The better we get, the more resources we get, the more people and things that we can do. So, uh, Jamoke, I love you. Brian Stanley, Dirk, man. Uh, and, and I know everybody can name a whole bunch of people that they're on right now. I just wanted to show that love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, um, well, first of all, I mean, I, I disagree with, we are better than a lot of cats. We're the best. Cats out here. I just, I just, I just, honestly, there's some brothers out there doing some stuff there right now that don't make no sense for nobody. So we better than, we better than some. Uh, I'll also say like, you know, the People's Literacy Fund, again, if you're just listening to this for the first time, you don't know exactly like that. These are things that go from concept to actually putting money or some resource in a person's hand who needs it. So it goes from concept to idea to funded to execution. And that's the thing we need to start producing for the 8 million black children. So these stories that you're telling, we shouldn't wipe them away quickly, like building a whole ass center for the uh, development of black educators, you know, is, is a that's a thing that's a producing a mountain of a thing. So when I talk about black educational capital a lot, where are our assets and who's producing them? And everything you just mentioned are a part of our assets now. That stuff that was like, that was all just stuff that was in the ancestors' minds and they came through you as a vessel and now they've been produced into the world. And now there's somebody somewhere that got a check or got a book or got an opportunity that didn't exist before you did that because you manifest something uh, for these 8 million black children and Ray is doing it every single day. Like this is the difference between someone like Ray and a lot of other folks in our field. There's a lot of people like do the activism or advocacy thing. And I'm just gonna have a moment of truth right now. Have it, bro. On it. Ain't got uh, the know. results that Ray Ray got, Look son. Ray's, you Ray's not the, doing you not doing a damn thing. <laughs> Some of y'all are collecting checks, and I don't care if you try and throw me in this with you because I'm gonna say it because because <laughs> tell the truth, that's what God put you on this earth to do. Some of y'all collecting checks around advocacy and whatnot, and you're sloganeering, saying the same five slogans over and over again, putting T-shirts on people that don't ever change anything and don't do anything. And you're not attacking the real problems because your funders don't want you to attack the real problems. You're in a game. You're in a hustle. Ray is seeing a network of schools that have actual living, breathing children that walk through the doors every day that need an education. And when you're that close to the situation, 
you have a different level of insight on the work. We kept, we always talk about the work, do the work and what's your brand and all that type of stuff. The center is de is developing the pipeline and the systems that have to put black men in classrooms. Ray is running classrooms and people who mm -hmm. run those classrooms and dealing with budgets. Uh, Charles is working with real life people uh, around data and insights and how can we inform our we people. We pay every single one of them too. Child, adult, every jobs, stipends. Get I mean, put something yeah. in somebody's hand that didn't exist before, right? So let's stop talking about these things as if we're not manifesting work for the the eight million. Uh, uh, black children. But I do want to say this part, and I'm going to throw this out to y'all because I, I this is an unfinished thought. I feel like our message has not been as positive and hopeful as it should have been for a long time. And I'm not, I'm not saying y'all, I'm just going to say me, I'm going it myself. There's only so much you can do with telling the masses that the system is broken and that you're on your own and that, uh, and it's racist and that the people who run it are racist, because that's all true, I think, still to me today. But number one, it's not the whole truth of the situation, and it's not the truth for everybody. And if you wanted to analyze where people have to build at what level, right, some people are in real desperate situations and some aren't, right? We're talking about all, like, like black people are existing, for instance, in a lot of different circumstances. 50% of our kids are in the suburbs. 50% of our kids are in the schools that everybody else left behind. I just don't know. Like, I've been noodling on this for a while. People get nihilistic when all you have is a negative message, mm -hmm. right? Like, what is the hope-inducing thing uh, that we can say and should be saying over time? And that's an unfinished thought with me. I'm throwing it out just in because I'm thinking about myself. My whole talk track for the last several years has been about how broken the system is how racist it is, how upside down it is. Turns out in the middle of a pandemic, it's still the only game in town. Where's all them schools that reform was supposed to build? Where all those, you know, pandemic came and it was like a perfect opportunity to move a bunch of kids into something. Where was reform? After, after 70 years of school choice advocacy and hundreds of millions of dollars, where were the choice schools, right? After 25 years of charter advocacy and, and hundreds of millions of dollars, we still got about, you know, 7% of the students or more. And they did pretty good in the pandemic. But what about for everybody else, right? Well, it turns out that the main system was the, still the only game in town. So as much as you might hate it, you better do something with it because it's still got all your children in it. So where's the hope? Where's the, what, what's the hopeful thing that we would say? Or do or should we even get in that game? Should this even be about happy talk? We, hey, Ray chomping at the bit. Go, Ray. Chris, I, I think we need to do a New Orleans show. Right. With this epiphany of yours and, and your newfound learnings or whatever. Like, I think we need to do a New Orleans show on just like whole school, uh, whole system, charter systems and like how that speaks to the choice that we're talking about in terms of like this newfound vision of choice. I think we should do mm -hmm. a New Orleans show. Is it gonna have hope though? Is that, <laughs> hey, listen, hey, anything, hey, anything, hey, so 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 if it has hope or if it doesn't have have hope, that's on us now, right? Like we we we're we're shifting that narrative. So if we are saying or pledging that hey, you know, a lot of our messaging now is going to have hope into it or whatever. Like we drive that narrative, so that's on us. I mean, I I will say, I mean, I think here's where I think where the whole piece comes in, right? Because I, I always said I don't I don't love any system. I love people. That's actually. 
I was dropping the design into the thing. That's that's one of the new things that I'm building out. But like you got to love people. And I think it's the way you talk about it. Right. I think if you if you go into black people and you talking about uh, quality seats and you talking about you using the language of ed reform, you going the, the other side done killed that already is bastardized it. But if, if they're going to say you a privatized this and a third. But if you are asking people. Yo, who should be the arbiters of your children's education? Who should be the main decider? They own most of them gonna say parents. That's what's that's what's gonna happen. I think our language has to meet our people instead of our people having to step up to language that wasn't meant for them in the first place. I think that's one of the whole principles. But here's my whole piece, Chris, because I've been across, I've been in five states in the last nine days. Uh, and shout out to your team for dealing with my crazy schedule so we can get on this meeting. But a lot of those places don't have charter schools. A lot of those places, it's just not an option. It's just not there. That don't mean I leave those black people in a lurch. I'm working on this thing called school boosters. And what I call a school booster is something that is independent. It can be a freedom school. It could be a church. It could be in a boys and girls club. But there has to be things that resources that can have our people in it that can that can that that can actually add in some value where those schools are not are not doing their job. I'm on camera saying a bunch of times. My school didn't create this. The 11 elementary schools I went to didn't create what it was. It was them churches. It was them boys clubs. It was them elders. It was them people on the street that I wasn't supposed to talk to that gave me that game. The whole reason that I got energy converters as a nonprofit and then I have an LLC outfit is because of those hustlers that I that I grew up around. You know what I'm saying? And how I do this stuff. I like fashion. I like I like clothes. Like, yo, well, if I want to make hoodies, this is how you do it while I sustain this over here, right? So I think that our people and anybody listening on the hope piece, there's brilliance inside of you. And just because it doesn't fit in a box, I don't think any of us fit in any kind of box. Sharif, his experience damn sure didn't fit in no box because we get jealous of his childhood education every time he talk about it. Ray has shared his story. I think he did a man. If I, I got a post. Y'all got to watch the Boyce Watkins episode where Ray was on. Because that's the most honest and vulnerable I've actually seen Ray be about his story and where he came from. I learned a lot about him in that episode. Chris had an episode on his own show where he kept getting called Uncle Tom, this, down the third. It's the most elegant I've ever heard this brother be and break down his whole psyche. And like none of us fit in a box. And if you are if that's your top worry is fitting in a box instead of helping kids or living out what God has blessed you to do. There's a whole it's a. Seven billion people in the world, man, it's only one you. It's only one you. Everybody else is taken. So that's what I would say what a hope is. If you're in a place where they got nothing but failing schools, there's other options there. There's other places. You know, Sharif will talk to you about family and elders and stuff quick. He'll he'll bring up some African proverbs and tell you how you can, you know what I'm saying? Fact. I won't cite them. Won't cite them, though. <laughs> you know, because it's African germane to his... That is, that is the citing. <laughs> hey, it's, it's a part of that apple that blossoms, right? It's part of your root now, right, Sharif? So mm-hmm. anyway, I'm just saying, so I hear you on the, on the hope thing, Chris. I just want, if, if anybody can take anything from this, we are not perfect people. We fail. I fail a lot. If I'm not failing every month, that means I'm not being ambitious in my thoughts. And Chris, those are the comments. I sent you a link. I don't know if you got it, but it was just around this leader talking to his team like, yo, like, why am I working? Like, you have, like, you can use every resource at your disposal. Why are y'all more comfortable than I am in this space? This can all be gone. All of this stuff can be gone. And I'm so blessed to have been homeless. I'm blessed to have gone to all those schools because when you see what this world can do to you, you're not relying on the niceties of the world. You are saying, I'm going to protect what I love. And then you move very differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
No, I, I think that's right. I know I got to let y'all go, but I just look, I don't, I don't know how it ranks on the show. Ray, you'll let me know later, but I needed this for me. This was a very selfish show for me, but I, I really think wanted... selfish for, I think it was selfish for everybody. Well, I, didn't I, just... know, I didn't know that I needed it until yeah, exactly. But, th but this is how we started for people watching. This is how we started. This is how we used to, we used to lift each other up. We used to be like, yo, what you got going on? Damn, Sharif, you doing all that? Wait, hold on, Ray. How you, how you? How you got a lawsuit, but you doing all this and you still getting numbers? Like you still, I'm serious, bro. I'm serious. Or it's like what I would tell Chris when he came, me and Chris became friends that day because I said, it's going to be a lot of people in Oakland with big mouths, but they scared. They, or they ain't going to know what they're talking about. I sat next to, I stood next to Chris. There was somebody in that group that was just talking out the side of their neck. I said, she don't know nothing she's talking about. Watch this. I said, I said, I said, watch this. I threw out two facts and it was over. Yeah. It was done. It was done because I, but you know what I'm saying? I just, I'm so grateful for you, brothers. I am so grateful. However long we do this or whatnot, my life has forever been changed. God is like super blessed me with y'all in my life. And I just want to thank y'all. And the whole show came about just because Sharif stepped into my session. Hey, listen, <laughs> hey, Miss Taylor, we're trying to get to Kansas City. That might be a, a might be a thing. We might be able to go see that, that booster school in Kansas City. Corey, holla at Yeah, you, you know, just so, just so people know. Uh, they black hands are trying to do like we have had live shows that we we love and we're trying to do those shows in more places this year so we are putting together an eight black hands tour to have these type of conversations just a little bit more uh stage friendly uh to to replicate what we did last year and the year before in terms of some of our live shows and uh, kansas city um for katina miss taylor i think uh that's one of the shows or one of the cities that's on our list to want to do shows and in each of those places and, and fellas, you can all jump in on this because we haven't talked about this aspect of the, the work that we have done. We have traveled together. We have been in, in different communities and it's sitting in other people's schools together. We've talked to students. We've talked to school leaders. In Little Rock, we went and stood in front of the, you know, the Little Rock High School and had, had a moment there and then did a show that night. I'll never forget because there was a, a black father that stood up in that show, just like there was a black father that, you know, in a show I did in, in Nashville that stood up. And they kind of said the same thing each time. Like it was like, you know, I've been waiting to have this conversation. Right. And that was that's powerful to me because there's a lot of us out there. I'm sick of us being invisible. I'm sick of black men, black fathers, black people in communities in general being invisible in education. So to know that we can start any type of fellowship from city to city, like Little Rock was was a cool show. Indy was a cool show for us, like, you know, uh, um, meeting other people. And uh, and people reach out to us afterwards like we've made friends. We've made family. I mean, we got people like you. Y'all mentioned the the three woke aunties earlier or whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been doing this book club. I just want to say, you know, listen, <laughs> listen, getting males to read and to do a book club is not an easy thing to do. So when I put out the call, like, listen, we're having some real low participation here with the Sean Dove book club. Guess who showed up? All the A Black Hand oh, sisters, that the, the sister wing of the family showed mm -hmm. up uh, uh, and took- As they do. You know, as they, as do. they do. As they do on everything. And I hate to admit it because brothers, if you're listening to this right now, we got to up our game, right? Now. Just, just stop this nonsense. <laughs> stop it. Just, just, just click on the Zoom link, bro. Just like, it's a book. It ain't, it ain't your enemy. Just open it. Look at the table of contents. Now we gotta get that ebook. We gotta get that ebook e out, man. That ebook is ready to go. I, I mean, we what website, brother? But as soon as we get the website, it's ready. It's coming. 
I got it's all you. covered, though. It's and all and I got one more change to make on Reese's behalf. I, I, I'll get that from you out of uh, afterwards, man. But you know, I, I want to let y'all go, man. Uh, let's just go around and just get some final thoughts in there. I know Ray like to go last, so I, I, I see it and respect it. I'm gonna go under me and Reef. You're gonna start us, and we're gonna go in and, and finish out the square, baby. Um, what, what, what? Go ahead, Reef. Final thoughts, man. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, again, it was good seeing you and, and Castillo, you know, present. And, you know, we didn't mention on this show, but it was about, you know, like why this uh, black and brown leadership is important in schools to students, you know, not mm -hmm. only to, you know, not just important as this abstract idea, um, you know, not for colorful websites and brochures. It is good for students. And this is out of the mouths of babes this is from their lived experiences. This is what they've seen. This is what they're saying which has been consistent across the, uh, you know, across the board said it before, you know, we talk about like black and brown educators, like this is a new thing. Uh, Lucy Craft Lane, I'm sorry, not Lucy Craft Laney. Uh, Caroline LeCount in the 1800s was saying it, you know, uh, 1800s, we're still saying the same thing, you know, um, Frederick Douglass is asking, what do we need to do for uh, to improve the black alive? We're still saying, asking the same thing. Lucy Craft Laney, when she banded together with this sisterhood, what's the name of that mm. book, Chris? Forgotten Sisterhood or something like, you know, um, with the Helen. With the four sisters? With yeah, her with and Helen Burrow, Charlotte Nanny, Brown. And, you know, Nanny Barrows, yeah. Helen, yeah. Mary McLeod Bethune, uh, them coming together. I mean, all of this to me is just an act of self-determination. Like, it, mm. it ain't nothing new. It's just being being focused, being in community. And I, and I can say, like, I've been so blessed across this, 30 years in working in education um, and before that, but like particularly as a professional, I've never had to move uh, without being in community with others. Um, and I'm so grateful that I don't know what it, uh, what it feels like to not be in community with others. I, I feel so blessed, so honored. Um, and I think that's such a sacred thing. Um, and I want to make sure that next generation has that experience as well, you know? Um, so, yeah. That's beautiful, man. Uh, Chris. So it brings up our favorite P.E. lyric. Move as a team. Never move alone. No. Welcome to the Terror Welcome Dome. to the Terror right? yeah. um, Google they too, it. Yeah, they don't know about yeah. that. They, Google they, it. They, Come on, they brother. Little Wayne. Y'all look that up. Google that. Google I know them both, B. <laughs> I know them both, son. Go ahead, Chris. Um, you know, what's really important about that is we started with the number with the 8 million Black children in America who are walking into schools every day that are not ready for them and won't help them reach their highest potential. That was like something I used to say a lot, still say it to this day because it helps me stay clear on the mission, but I get lost sometimes. And this show was a good one for me in, um, in coming back to the center and knowing that, you know, I'm part of a family and I've got backup and I've got people that are also producing and our boats are rowing in the same direction. Lots of people in the comments, you know, Nicole Johnson. Uh, I thought I saw Mama Toya and Ellen Wells there and Michelle Johnson and others. We've built kind of a family situation. We've got new people in the fold. I see Kayla from Arizona saying we should come to Arizona. Kayla, you should get us to Arizona. By the time I get to Arizona, see, Google that one too, millennials. That, that's 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 what y'all should talk about. It, it all comes back to PE, you know. Um, so, 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 you know, the family is growing and building around this. But this is something that, you know, I'll just admit this is a good. This was a great idea for a show, and and it's uh, it's grounding, and it brings me back to the beginning. Uh, I've been so in, on edge in the last six months, and the sense that we are losing 
ground and that we are going backwards and we've got 89 bills pending to erase our history from schools and we've got like uh, our people being scapegoated scapegoated in through law like by law not just like by crazy people doing things but putting it into law uh, we have a whole wing of our supposed kind of allies who have gone crazy on some white national nonsense white nationalist nonsense um it it has been a thing man and it has this is what came up to me this week. I've been a bad Christian because see, I forgot some of the most important things about this is there's no reason to be unnerved by it or angered by it. If one, you know that that's the way it's, it's going to happen and it's happened before it'll happen again. And two, that you understand that there are powers and principalities at play above you and they never beat God, Right. You have to be a bad Christian to get down about it because, you know, in the end, we will win. In the end, justice will win. You talked about Lucy Laney. Uh, we could talk about Mary McLeod Bethune, and then we could jump in time and come to, to others and then come to our time. And what has happened time and time again is that there has been a struggle for freedom and for liberation of our people. And we've won every single one of them. We get pushed back and go back again, but we always gain ground. Right. We, we free ourselves through each of these these seasons of injustice and oppression and the oppressor always loses. That's why they have to morph and become the next version of the devil. And that's what we are dealing with now. Powers and principalities that have re reformed again to try and put us through the next season of that. But the only way you wouldn't have hope, the only way that you would feel bad about it is if you didn't have faith, if you didn't know that you were serving a higher power that's going to win in the end. So um, very grounding for me to be back at this with y'all, uh, to go back to the beginning and even hear the genesis of how we started and where we come from uh, makes me feel like, man, we're not losing, we're growing and we're growing for the next fight. We're, we're, we're prepared. We're prepared for the next season of this and the devil better watch out. Man, that's beautiful. Raymond, follow that up, good brother. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough to follow up behind these dudes. I might have to start going first. But the first thing I'm going to say is I want to I want to plug Bowflex and this because I just, we're gonna start calling him Random Ray. <laughs> I, I, just, I just burned like 250 calories during the Random Republican Ray. And I it is it. it is absolutely amazing to be able to you know uh, come into this grounding of episodes and still be able to uh, close my ring. Which brings me to Reef. Reef, I'm your accountability partner. I've sent you an invite in order for you to accept on your Apple Watch. You have not yet, which means that you're hiding things, sir. At least so, I don't know. I didn't. I don't know how to find your invite. That's all that means. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all that really means. I'm like, oh, they get invites. Like, yo, can you do it in the traditional way? Send it to me by email or text. You know, yeah. I mean? Like if that's I got, possible. I got, I got right. you. Even though the, the Apple thing kind of pops up on your phone, but all right, whatever. Um. <laughs> So I'm teaching this class. Uh, it's called YPAR, right? Youth, Participa Youth Partici Participatory in, in Action Research, right? And so this YPAR class reminds me so much of what Charles is doing at EC, right? Uh, the two parallels. So every time I'm giving like a lecture on, to my YPAR students, I always think about Charles and the work that he's doing. So shout out to Charles because that work in terms of like giving students voice uh, in the research is so powerful in terms of moving the masses uh, to have 
a focus on students. So shout out to you, Charles. You can have um, anything I got. If you want the framework or any slides, let me know. I'll get I'll, I'll queue it up for you. Yeah. If it's helpful. Uh, okay. Uh, I want to shout out Reef because Center of Black Educator and Development, uh, they're doing some huge work. They just had their uh, their, their one year anniversary and Reef is putting in work. Uh, Reef is he, he doesn't disclose his locations, but he's been the just as many states as Charles these last couple of weeks um, flying on uh, Greyhound. Oh, American Airlines. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I, th I think Sharif done been to more, man. Sharif yeah. to more. Yeah, but, but, but Greyhound is still Greyhound. Um, I love he does fly the Greyhound of the skies. The Greyhound They were talking so much trash. I actually looked them up. I was like, dang, their ratings aren't as, as uh, they're not that good. <laughs> Who do you fly with? Usually I'm American. American. That's Philly's a hub. I'm Southwest yeah. and Delta, but yeah. yeah. But and I was then, and then, up. I was and like, then lastly, lastly, the big homie, man. Like, you know, I, I I like to jump in and take credit, but like honestly, like he really did bring this together. And like he is also the, the sustainer, like in terms of when egos get too uh too big, you know, we definitely have the elders in the podcast that will pull us together and get us together. And so I'm grateful for you guys. Uh my closing thought is not about me, but it's about y'all. Uh thankful for the work that you guys are doing. Bright Beam is still my dream location to come to work. <laughs> Ray, you got you got a whole staff. You got you got to stop doing that. You got a whole staff that might watch your right. show. Hey Mike, hey, hey. Like they said on Lean on Me, they gonna end up voting your black ass out. You keep you keep it in, like I'm leaving. Hey, I tell the truth, shame the devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well listen, fellas, I would say um I like what what Sharif said and um. You know, I will say this. Sometimes, you know, moving community is a blessing when you can do it. Sometimes you got to just go out on faith and just start and just hope that the people meet you where you need to be. I, I It was a lot of stuff that I waited on a long time and it didn't happen because folks weren't doing what they need to do. But I think we there now. Um, I and, and shout out to Kayla and 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 just it was just an amazing panel of black women uh, that I got to moderate. But they were just talking about all the stuff that we talking about, just how they were just fed up. And then they just went out and was like, nah, you're going to hear us. You're going to listen to us. I promise y'all that black parents and brown parents didn't just start going to school board meetings just because Saturday Night Live just started covering white folks. I promise you that they have been doing that work. I just wanted to just say that since she was in the comments. And then here go the other thing. Since Chris said I was a manifesto, here's what I also want to manifest. I'm manifesting some type of project, whether it's an article or a book or something. The agentic leader uh, where... I write this thing with the Rays, the Omars, and the Davids just around, and, and it's, it's broad across the country. It serves black and brown kids, and just each of them just gives an account of what it means to be an active leader that actually gets results, and just from their perspective. I think we have to, we are the people that we've been waiting for. I've been in this black man's book club since I was 19, 20 years old, 38 now, and we are at the point where we're reading stuff, and I'm reading stuff, and there's people in that club, I'm like, Oh, bro, you done did that, or you did this, or you did this. And I feel the same about this book club. I feel like there are people who's sent us their books or books that we've read or we've gone to conferences. And I'm like, oh, Reap do that oh, shit on Tuesdays. On, uh... You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, Ray, do that on Mondays or whatever, right? So anyway, man, um, I, I thank y'all for being with us for 150. I hope we get to 150 more. Um, y'all have truly blessed us. And uh, we do not take you for granted. We don't take it lightly. And to our audio listeners, I know, you know, I want to make sure y'all get that love too. still producing the audio. Now y'all got video. And if y'all want to rock with us,
go and send those messages. Um, hashtag 8BH chats. So when we are feeling down and it is feeling like a lot and we ready to punch somebody in the mouth, we know that y'all got our back and y'all are with us. It goes a long way. Uh, for Chris, Ray, Sharif, I am Charles, and you have been listening to yet another episode of 8 Black Hands, and we will see you all same bad time, same bad station. Peace.